I would like to withdraw my question, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Morning Tea and Torture with Tapir One, a podcast with no agenda and no expectations. We're just having a cup of tea with friends, talking about digital art and other creative ways to, well, waste your time. Now, here's your host, Tapir One. Call him Tio. My guest today is Jared Amijo also known as Away I Flew. Jared lives in New Mexico and shoots landscapes like you've never seen before. Seriously, his photographs are like abstract paintings, often with a pastel color palette and soft light. But there's an unseen chord that strings these visuals together. Synesthesia, Jared's secret superpower. His camera doesn't just capture landscapes. It explores the unvoiced rhythm of nature, drawing out a harmony that lies hidden in the everyday view. Today, Jared is here to talk a little bit about his life and his art. Everyone, please welcome Jared Amijo. Hey, Jared, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, good morning. And thank you for being awake. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, buddy. No problem. Much better than last time. <laughs> Just a tiny bit better. <laughs> Just to give everyone an update on last time, I was waiting in my computer chair, which is super comfortable, and uh, it reclines back, and I was really late. I think it was like 11 or something. I put an alarm on. I slept through the alarm, and I fell asleep in my computer <laughs> chair, and I didn't do the interview. So we, this is our second attempt right here, so thank God it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a slight bummer. Yeah, my little neck pain after that. It's not the most comfortable neck support. <laughs> But this time we, we turn things around a little. So it's early early in the morning for you and afternoon for me. So time differences suck, people. <laughs> They do. Well, let's kick things off, Jared. You recently moved from the wonderful Oregon at the Pacific Coast to New Mexico. Are you such a big fan of Breaking Bad or why was that? <laughs> Big Mad is awesome. I, I watched every episode. Uh, it, that's an amazing show. And actually, I've been to some of the locations here in New Mexico. We just drive oh. by it sometimes, <laughs> where they shot, you know, some of the show, which is kind of funny. The people who own the house where the pizza was thrown on, you know, by Walter. Yes. They're pissed. They don't want anyone to go there. He's throwing damn pizzas up there. So people are... <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so this is still this is still a thing. Yeah. People driving by throwing pizza at the roof. Oh boy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Those poor people have so much cheese up there. <laughs> <laughs> roof pizza. Roof pizza is best pizza. <laughs> Apparently. Especially when it's a hundred degrees out there. <laughs> So, so why, why did you move to New Mexico? I lived in Oregon for like eight years, uh, and it was—I, I honestly thought it was going to be like my forever spot um, for a while. And who knows? Maybe I'll move back there one day. I don't know. You know, whatever. Like, what does that mean? But I needed a change. Um, you know, I love Oregon. It's so, so, so beautiful. But it was starting to have a lot of problems that I just hated to deal with um you know they just had like a large homeless issue that kept growing um a lot of issues with the government there um, i worked downtown at the hospital mm -hmm. during the pandemic as well 
Um, so it was just like a build up a lot of things. I just needed something fresh and something new. Um, and something a little bit more sunny <laughs> because it's just constant freaking rain there. <laughs> and like, I already have naturally I already have depression and then adding seasonal depression on top of regular depression. is just kind of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it. So decided to move to New Mexico where a lot of my family live and, just to get a different uh, area, some sunshine. And it's been great so far, you know. So I've been enjoying my time here, to be honest. Okay, sounds good. So it's not just a uh, shift in landscape, but actually also uh, in emotional landscape, if you will, between Oregon and New Mexico for you. Basically, yeah, it's, just, it's more of that. And it's just, again, to get another fresh start. And I kind of, I don't know if it's just, That's just naturally who I am because my dad was in the military for 22 years uh, when I was growing up. So every two to four years, we would always leave and move somewhere completely different and drastic compared to like where we were previously were. So I don't know, maybe part of that's that me wanting something new and different as well, you know, mm -hmm. just because I get bored <laughs> and like change it up. <laughs> so it could be that as well. So you you have some kind of itch still in you to to change things every couple of years. It seems like it. I didn't feel like that for at least like five or six years, I think, into Oregon. But I think it started to get that way just because of the pandemic. It kind of escalated that feeling. And working during that time downtown in Portland, it was just not a good scene. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of like I just it forced me to want to go away even more. Even if I had good friends there, and I miss all my friends, yep. you know, like Tara and my other photo buddies, mm -hmm. um, but it just, it was not working for me. It's good that you made the cut finally and decided for yourself what's better for you and still perhaps in the face of finding out what the ideal place for you might be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I don't know if this is going to work out forever. <laughs> 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 like, I'm not like, I'm not like. I never, you know, I don't go somewhere and be like, this is it, this is done, I'm done, this is permanent. I'll never say that. It's more of like, this is what I need right now. And I'll stay here for a couple of years and then see what happens. And if I don't like it in a couple of years, then I'm like, all right, well, time to leave. <laughs> When and how did you find out that you see the world differently than most people? You know, I was in high school, actually. And um, I was listening to some song i think it was by lord maybe it wasn't lord it was Enya, one of the two if i remember correctly it came on the radio when i was with one of my friends and i just said out loud wow that's a very colorful song mm -hmm. oh, yeah, i really like the colors of that song and i like the shapes um and she was like what are you talking about what does that mean and i was like Like, the colors are pretty, and she was like, I don't understand what you're referring to. Like, how is it colorful? Like, it has good lyrics? Like, yeah. like you know, and I was like, no, no, like, I, the colors I see from her are really cool. And she was like, what what the hell is that? And I'm like, I don't know. I thought everyone had that. <laughs> <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> and, like, I never, I never spoke about it, but I never thought anything of it. 
So it's kind of like one of those dumb realizations, like, hello, <laughs> like that isn't normal. But, but I didn't know because I never spoke about it. And I just assumed. And it's interesting because I'm like, from that moment, I started to piece together a lot of different things about like my childhood <laughs> and like, oh, I've had it since I was a child, but I just didn't really realize this is what it was until high school. And then I had to Google it, you know, and I'm like, yes. I didn't even know the word for it. Yeah. So so synesthesia or chromesthesia in your in your case. Yeah. Yeah. So seeing seeing colors uh, forms and shapes when when you hear music or sounds. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what it is essentially. So you know, I can be out and about and mm -hmm. there's some songs in my background, you know, when I'm walking around somewhere, I, it'll force me to see shapes and colors. I've Yeah, learn to like <laughs> tone it down, <laughs> but like try to like minimize the effect. Um, but it's also work to do it yes. for my brain. <laughs> so oh, it's yeah. like one of those things where I, uh, you know, it, I can do it and be okay. But in certain other situations, say if it's like a concert and I or like a bar, like you know, like a dance club or something, like where it's just constantly like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it really is super hard for me to concentrate. Like if you're trying to have a conversation with me at that dance club, which it's already hard, you're right. It's loud and blah. You can't hear people. Yeah. People are screaming and all that shit. But like, if you're trying to have like a one-on-one -on -one combo with me, I'm looking at you and I'm just kind of like, Can you repeat that? And then all the, can you repeat that? Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Because I'm like, I'm like seeing shit, like constantly in my vision, like this, like this. If it, especially if it's the same sound as uh, like, um, um, um. <laughs> yeah, there's some like, extra it, work so for your brain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just too much. Oh, wow. Uh, just imagine how many people are running around in the world not knowing that they have uh, an ability they, they won't speak about because they don't know that uh, they're the only ones that have this so did did it's this weird. did learning about <laughs> this change you in some way did learning about chromesthesia change you i knew about it since high school but i didn't really even tell my partner or my family or friends until maybe eight years ago when i started using it in my art mm -hmm. because i just didn't see a point like <laughs> and so it's just kind of interesting to see it grow and then you know grow into my art but i didn't really tell anyone or anything for a while but and, and the way it changed me it's like it didn't really change me i mean i utilize it you know if anything i just find it as like a tool yeah, yeah. than anything yeah And we will talk about it a little bit in regards with your work, but we don't want to just make it the number one and only topic today. Yeah. And we and we won't. But one more question still. So you work, <laughs> so you, uh, you work in a hospital in medical imaging. So does it mean you get to work with MRI machines? So, yes. These, these uh, are pretty loud beasts, right? So how do you manage working when, when this <laughs> triggers your chromesthesia and you see like <laughs> these colors and shapes coming at you? So <laughs> I'm actually learning MRI right now and because I do CT primarily as my specialty, but then I'm going to get specialized in MRI as well. And the thumping of MRI is not too bad. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and it's honestly just a really low color 
and shape. It's not like in your face. The color is not in your face. So it's just like a nice thump. And it's more of like a darker, like bluish, like bluish black, kind of like a midnight blue hue. So it doesn't really necessarily bug me because it's just not in my face. Mm -hmm. But yes, it does. I, I do. <laughs> it does trigger it when I hear the <laughs> so I, and I was curious because so when you sent me you know a couple of these questions you know a couple of weeks ago I actually yeah. went into the MRI room and I actually just stood in there oh and just to see if like what does it you know because I never because like I can like pretty much like any of those like low sounds and you know stuff like that I can kind of like mentally swayed away like just dole it down so it doesn't bug me so i can speak to someone and be okay and that was one of the sounds that i'm okay with like i'm like oh cool like it isn't you know mess okay. with me it might yeah <laughs> it doesn't disturb you too much yeah yeah it doesn't disturb me i mean i see it but it's also like it's doled down so it's it's okay yeah but you you do use it actively um when you're creating art when you're shooting so Could you describe a little bit how you how you do it, how you incorporate it? So, generally speaking, before I go shoot, I go I make a list of um, songs that I find. It can be any song, any genre, really, that I find interesting enough um, that sparks different colors, different shapes, and I create this playlist and I bring it with me onto a photo trip. And I, I go either way where I kind of know in my back of my mind, like it's kind of like a library of music, right? And I'm like, of yep. shapes and colors. And so I'm like, okay, this song will work here. This song will work there. This song will work there. This song does not work at all in any of these areas. I need to find something new. <laughs> so I'll keep that in my mind and then I'll shoot or I'll listen to music as I shoot as well. It just depends on my mood and what I'm trying to accomplish here. If I'm I feel like I need a little bit more inspiration. I'll shoot with music on, at, like in my headphones yeah, or a headphone. Uh, and so um, I can see colors and shapes throughout the landscape and see what works and what does not work. Or it might pop something out for me that I'm like, oh, I did not realize the shadows create this shadowed figure. I didn't see that or, you know, I'm going to shoot that, you know? Yeah. Um, But then I'll, after I'm done shooting, I take it back in post-processing. And then post-processing is when I listen to the music again. And I listen to the colors of the song. And then I basically paint them in, into the shapes of what I captured. Uh -huh. So and it can be subtle. It can be a lot. You know, sometimes my, I have like over like 20 plus colors in some of these images that people just are not aware about. And they're subtle colors, but they alter the photo and create a nice gradient. Um, and some of them take longer, some don't take as long, you know. Just depends on what I'm trying to shoot and what I'm trying to convey in uh, each photograph. Because I treat each photograph very differently. That's the colors and all kind of similar-ish in some sense uh, in terms of the softness of colors and the variety of color. But I don't treat each one the same. So, like, if people ask for a preset or something, I'm like, I don't know how to make a preset. I don't use presets. <laughs> I don't even know how to load a preset. <laughs> like, don't ask me because okay. I don't know. Same, same here. Same here. <laughs> And so I just can't do it. 
but they're like, well, yours all look similar. But I'm like, but they're not. They're treated very differently. Look at the colors of this. Look at the colors of that one. You can't tell me that's the same. It's just not, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, again, it's just I process them very differently. Each one. There might be some similarities, but again, it's not like that because each photo is a it's its own unique piece, and I'm trying to keep true to that as well. Yeah. So do you you have your headphones on when you're shooting, listening to your playlist, and then you just repeat this playlist when you're editing this photo? <laughs> Basically. So yeah. this is why I'm forced okay. to wear headphones when I edit, <laughs> because my partner will be like, holy shit, shut that thing off already, because I'll repeat the same song. And so, or <laughs> I'll repeat uh, one part of the song. Oh, yeah. over and over and over because the thing is like some songs have a lot of intricacies and layers of music and layers of sound but when you combine all these layers of sound i get a whole new different set of colors right mm -hmm. so it's like if i hear a trumpet okay there's a trumpet sound right but then i hear a drum and then i hear yeah. someone's voice but then you put it all together and then it creates like a new blend of images oh, okay almost like a gradient in some sense yeah so I'm trying to dissect each like part of what, you know, so I'll listen to it like <laughs> way too many times and it'll be the same freaking part. <laughs> it gives me the same 30 seconds for like two hours. <laughs> okay. So, but still sane, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> like, I don't mind it. I'm like, oh, that's a good oh, part. Wow. This is a nice color, you know, but like it, if you, <laughs> If you're in the damn room or like yeah. you heard it across from the house, you're like, holy crap, yeah. <laughs> close your door. <laughs> no, I don't blame them. I love uh, Paranoid Android by Radiohead, but I'm not sure I could hear two hours on loop. So I would probably get slightly <laughs> bonus. So a very kind of you to, to use headphones for this one. Yeah. So, oh, it was forced. <laughs> <laughs> it was out of kindness. <laughs> it was out of anger from my partner. So there's but, a difference. <laughs> but now that you continue to do it, it's kindness. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I'm a very kind person. Yes. You heard it first from T.O. <laughs> <laughs> Your photos look like paintings. Sometimes they're abstract in the purest sense. So... This is a style that I would say that you have. Uh, I mean, you have different styles, but this is one one recurring theme. So how, perhaps, why did you develop this particular style of yours? It's funny. Abstract. When I took some photo college courses as well, and I started photo since high, high school. And the funniest thing is abstract was my weakest, absolute oh. weakest genre of photography i mean it was trash <laughs> when i first started it was god awful i had no sense of what abstract meant and like mm -hmm. how to perform an abstract photograph like i had ideas it just never implemented well that being said i wanted to improve because i hated being so terrible at it because I, i used to do all kinds of different types of photography it wasn't just landscape but I wanted to improve on it. And then over the years, let's say eight, nine years ago, I was like, well, how do I elevate my photography? Like, what do I like? 
what do I want to convey? Do I like darker things? Do I like lighter things? Do I want to talk about myself? Do I want to talk about my life? How do I convey it? And I figured out using my synesthesia to create abstract images by just copying what I saw from mm -hmm. what was created by music helped create abstract shapes and forms and colors. And it was from that moment where I started to try to include it more and more in my landscape. And it was a process. Like you look at some of my early work, terrible uh, with it. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> but like, I mean, and I'm my hardest critic, right? Like I look at my old stuff and some of them just like, holy shit, like what were you thinking? <laughs> but we all start somewhere. But That's right. I improved and I want to improve more and more. I'm competitive in the sense with myself. I don't care what other people are doing necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's all about me and like me wanting to be better for me. And to improve myself and so i kept trying over and over and finally something clicked and i was like oh wow um i can do this and i can do it pretty well actually if i just sit here and take my time yeah. <laughs> and not rush things and don't be stubborn about learning new techniques and that's when i actually started to bloom as a artist and that you're competitive with yourself shows in fact that you chose your weakest genre, abstract <laughs> photography, and worked on that part and then became your most exposed genre. And also you have synesthesia as your cheat sheet to work and it is kind of like a cheat sheet. And like, I won't lie, it, honestly, it is. And I use the ability. I love what I see from it. And I want to show the world that as well, because yes. they've not, everyone has it. And it's funny because I've had like a friend, like teacher Thor, and he asked me like, well, how do you get that about your colors? How do you do your colors like that? And I'm like, it's my synesthesia. Mm -hmm. And like, that is the truth. It is. And he's like, well, what, you just do it? I'm like, well, yeah, I just do it because my synesthesia just does it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's I'm like, yes, I know how to coordinate these colors well because I'm just, I, I, I practice a lot with color, but I know how to like pull and yeah. add colors in to make it more smooth of a good transition. Unless there's a purposeful reason to have like a harsh color to like stop being your tracks, but that's different. So it's a cheat sheet in some sense. Okay, does your synesthesia know color theory? No, I see that's the thing. <laughs> so he was <laughs> like, What do you have a color wheel? Do you like just stare at a color wheel and then you pull <laughs> colors? And I'm yes. like, No, and that's the thing, it's like, I don't. And the reason why I don't, and I refuse, I refuse, I refuse, is because you won't make as interesting a thing. It's like you're gonna do like the common things, like, Okay, if I do this, I have to do that. If I do this, I have to do that. It's kind of like a rule, right? I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to do what I want to do. And if I want to add a blue here, if I'm going to add an orange here or a hot red or a yellow to brighten things up, I'm going to do it. Or a green, a lime green. Like, I will do it. Does it make sense? No. But that's <laughs> but that is me putting myself into it. Like, it doesn't have to make sense. But it needs to look good. <laughs> Because I've created some stuff where I'm like, oof, <laughs> these, these, these colors are ugly together. <laughs> and it is what it is. <laughs> and then I'll just start over, you know, I'm like, no, nope, that's, that's not it. <laughs> Got to stand up to your color choices. So so how do you, how did yeah. you learn to use colors in your art in a way that shows how we 
mere mortals can see your world. So in a way that you <laughs> show us your world, if you know what I mean. I study painters. Painters are the masters of color, right? Photographers are not. They're not. They're great at light. They're good at composition, but they're not mm -hmm. the greatest at color at all. And so they're not known necessarily for that. Or painters, you control color to create your masterpiece, right? Yeah. And you create light from color. And so it's just like, for me, what I did, two things. When I was in Japan, I visited a couple of years ago. Um, I went to Studio Ghibli's museum to see Hayao Miyazaki and all the pieces behind. Like he has a lot of drawings, paintings and such because I, I love, love, love his work. And it taught me how to utilize color slash shape and composition a bit more going through that museum because I was just like I sat there for hours like just going through looking at because there's like walls of just drawings and paintings and whatever that was a one thing I did another thing I did is I went to Ghost Ranch in New Mexico this is where George O'Keefe lived and painted and I sat there and I basically studied the landscape because she always used this landscape for a lot of her paintings And I was like, why is that? And then looking at the colors of the landscape and how they change with the light during the day from sunrise to midday to late afternoon, it all made sense. And how she utilizes her color makes sense. So basically, I studied those two people mm -hmm. a lot and looked at her paintings, read through her books. And that's when I finally understood how to utilize color because I had all the color in me, right? and the shapes within me. I just didn't know how to put it onto paper. And so studying the, that, those two artists, yes. helped me realize that. That's interesting. I haven't thought about this. So photographers have everything, just point their lens at something, but of course they need the light or the colors come with uh, what is already there and reflected. And as a painter, you have to create it from scratch and then choose the right colors to show a light. So how did you then discover photography as your artistic medium and not painting, for example, or did you? So, no, I, the thing is, is like now I'm more interested in learning painting. And I started a painting a few years ago just to see what I could do, what I can't do. Because I don't know a lot of painting techniques yet, but I'm going to start here painting lessons here shortly in New Mexico just to learn techniques. That being said, going off topic... <laughs> I actually started with photography first in high school. I didn't care. I didn't care at all for painting. I, I didn't like it. It was just not my thing. Uh, back then, I liked the instant gratification of photography rather than having to work as slow with painting. Like, I tried painting and I was just like, God, this is just so slow. Like I was getting mm -hmm. bored. Whereas now I'm like, that sounds so relaxing and amazing <laughs> to do. And I'm like, cool, I can save my house and I can sit here and paint for hours. This is amazing. I love this. How awesome and peaceful. And so, but that was just like my high school self, right? My young self okay. that was more energetic, <laughs> had more energy to do these, like, and wanted instant gratification, right? So I loved that process. I loved the dark room. I loved manipulating my photographs in the darkroom. I loved painting my photographs with oil paints uh, onto film. And that's when I started using some synesthesia, you know, in high school. It's because I learned this process of oiling your film print 
and then using certain oil paints to be able to paint onto the actual black and white photograph to give a color. Uh, okay. And that was probably like one of my first times using my synesthesia without saying to people I was using it. But so yeah, I started in high school with photography and now I'm going to probably start here shortly with uh, painting because it's, I attempted some and I'm like, oh, I'm actually not bad with it. I'm actually pretty good because I understand color, right? So <laughs> and, obviously, yes. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. <laughs> I just need to learn the techniques on how to get what I want. And once I get that, then I'll be set. Yeah. But that takes a little bit of time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like what Tara Workman uh, was doing uh, with her recent project, The Art of Letting Go, oh, where she yeah. used oil paint and she, then yeah. photographed those paintings that she made. And they're amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I love, 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 love that series. So when she showed me it, I was just like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like, this is going to sell out. I wouldn't even worry about it, regardless of what you say, because she was having doubts. Like, I don't care what you say. This is, this is, <laughs> this, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> it it's going to go. And she did a kick ass job. Yes. Super proud, proud of her for that. It was really good. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to Tira uh, Amijo, the painter, crossover <laughs> photographer. <laughs> and I don't know, may, you know, like, may, I, I'm very hard on myself. So, like, it will probably be a bit because I want it to be really good before I even, like, throw something out there. You know, like, mm -hmm. I don't I don't like showing people the mistakes and I don't mind my mistakes. I just don't like showing them. I rather show my, like. This is the finalized piece. This is what I worked hard for. Yeah. And I know people want to see the mistakes to get to that point. And I get that. But for me, it's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to see the best part. <laughs> don't don't call it mistake. It's uh, you got to uh, relabel it to behind the scenes. It's a BTS. <laughs> This is behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can call it whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can say that <laughs> and i know people like it and i do sometimes show with my photography but even then i'm like i'm very like it's like i feel like it's a secretive process right like it is the one thing i have in this world that no one can take from me and or copy or if they do copy it's like it's really hard to copy mm -hmm. and you can obviously tell like okay that's like not it but it's attempting to be that And I kind of just want it for me. I don't know. It's like a personal thing. Like, it's like even when I'm shooting, yeah. like I don't go out shooting with a lot of people. I have a very select few people that I trust enough to go shoot. And that's just because it's a personal process. Like I've been in these awkward situations with other mm -hmm. photographers where they will essentially just watch me. And I feel uncomfortable and then I can't really create because I feel like I'm constantly watched or like, what did you get? What are you doing? Uh, you know? okay. I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> we can, we can hang out. But like, <laughs> this is like my process. This is my creating processing time. Yes. Yeah. This is where I get all my emotions out. It's very private to me. So I have a select few people I trust with that. And, you know, that's kind of how I feel about like behind the scenes stuff. It's like, this is my personal time. Like, this is my happy time. Okay. I don't necessarily want people a part of it because it's for me and not for you, selfishly as that is. But it's just a way for me to process like what I'm going through in life. I don't know, you know, like, that's why I feel like it's a bit more personal. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a mistake, you know, that's a thing. And I, it could be. 
it probably hurts my marketing. I'm not going to lie. I know this. But at the same time, I'm okay with it. I'm like, yeah, I, I could, my marketing and certain things could be better because I don't share the BTS or mm -hmm. the behind the scenes mistakes, blah. Yeah. But I just don't care. Like, yeah. it's more about me yeah. and then my mental health for that, you know? I mean, it's your personal decision and you got to respect it and I appreciate it. So I'm not going to pry on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can pray. I don't care. Like, see, like talking. Okay, about you heard it. <laughs> no, talking about it is different. It's no, so different. Yes. Yeah. It's when it's like when I have to physically show someone what I'm actually doing on my editing or how I'm shooting or how I got this, how I got that, what length I'm using, all this other, all these other things. When I'm out in the field specifically mm -hmm. or I'm at my computer editing, that's different. Talking about it is one thing. I don't care. I'll talk about it all day. But having someone like, I want to see every step by step you do. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I don't go to like, I've never seen people ask like painters this. Like, I need to see every little paint, you know, you do and every little brushstroke you do. Yeah. I'm like, why? It doesn't matter because at the end, it, do you like the piece or not? And if you do, cool. If you mm -hmm. don't, then cool. You know, but like, it's not, I don't understand. You know, I just never understood that about photography because a lot of photographers do this to other photographers or people do this to uh, photographers. It's like, I want to see all your editing steps. But you never ask that for a painter, you know, or a sculptor. You're just like, you look at the final piece and mm -hmm. you're like, holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't but, even care what you did. <laughs> but, but to be fair, I guess most people just want to see the process of creation and perhaps to get something out of it for themselves and perhaps to see how they're doing it and how you're doing it. And perhaps they could learn something along the way. But I can absolutely relate that it could be physically painful to show a work in progress and you're not ready to and nobody should force you to do this. I agree. You can see people's growth by their final product. You know, you look at an old piece from mine from like 2015 compared to the one in your background right now. <laughs> Bloom, you know, <laughs> there's a huge, there's a massive growth spurt right there. Like you can't say you can't see the growth. And that's with every artist, right? And so it's like you would hope to grow and grow and grow, but you can also see it in their finalized product of like last year's product compared to this year's product, right? It just depends too, like on the person as well, like you said. And it's a process. <clears throat> yeah, let's let's take a hard left turn here. Your your Twitter handle and your artist name on Super Rare are uh, Away I Flew. So while anyone could understand what, what these words mean, <laughs> but <laughs> but how, how did you how did you pick this name and what does it mean to you? Because this is your name that you go by in the art world yeah so away I flew there's a there's a there's a story behind it long story short i won't make it too short but i'll explain when i lived in florida i lived in the deep south it was just not a happy place for me i had a lot of things going on in my life at that time a family member was addicted to pills in my early 20s late teens And it created a lot, a lot, a lot of bad things from occurring from it. Mm -hmm. Also, I hated Florida and Georgia. I hated the South because very racist, very homophobic, 
very anti-human. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. At the time, it's gotten better there, but it's still not perfect. But at the time, it was just a buildup of all these horrible things that kept happening to me in my early 20s, late teens, going through college there, et cetera. Even working there in the hospital system there for two years, it was just horrible. People were horrible people. After all of that happening, essentially, I became suicidal. So I gave myself, after a certain amount of period, I think it was like July 14th, if I remember the date correct, I gave myself to July 14th to get out of that state mm -hmm. and move. I don't care, anywhere. If I was not out of that state by that time, I would have killed myself. And I know this is not logical thinking, <laughs> but this is just how low I was at the time and how desperate I was to do something yeah. and to get out of feeling terrible. So it was either you figure it out and you get your ass out of there or you kill yourself. So, and that, those are just the two options. It didn't mm -hmm. matter. And like, that's all I saw at that time. But I finally got out of there. Essentially, I moved all the way to Oregon from Florida. And I got a job at the one of the hospitals over there mm -hmm. and I ended up making it out. So I was like, okay, I'll give Oregon another chance. I'll give this another chance. I'll give life another chance yeah. essentially. Right. So it was a drastic move from literally one side of the country to the other started a new life over there. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm liking it. This is awesome. I'm loving life now. Thank God I moved, et cetera, et cetera. I started to get more into my art and I was just like, well, what is a good representation of me? And I thought of a way I flew because mm -hmm. it, represent, it represented something dark. I was suicidal, going to kill myself, but I flew away from it and I flew away towards living. So for me, I wanted to represent that because it was super important to me to represent something that low and make it positive so i kept writing down names like i flew away i swim away swim away i swim away i flew well i was like well you know swimming's not my thing like i can swim i don't i don't really did <laughs> so i was like yeah then i thought about my childhood i'm like what did i do a lot in my childhood i was like oh i flew a lot because my dad was in the military so i was like you know i flew every two years and i was like oh this is kind of sweet and kind of nice like I flew away from the problems. I didn't leave them. I just flew away to deal with them mm -hmm. better. And I came up with a way I flew. And I loved how it sounded. I was like, oh, this is very poetic. And it's very delicate. It's not too much. It's not too little. And it's impactful enough yeah. to grasp people's attention. And, and just ask, like, what, what does that even mean? Or why? Why, do, why are those words? Mm -hmm. You know. So for me, those words are just about transition from something bad to something positive thank you at first it's very courageous of you to to share this here oh it's all good and, <laughs> yeah but it's that's old me <laughs> it's, a, it's a reminder of dark days and uh, it's interesting that you set yourself a, a timer so to speak uh, and that's kicked off some dark or light motivation i don't know what it was in the end it, um, it's 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 dark it was dark motivation mm -hmm. but i used the dark aspect of it to make something light yeah so 
this is something about my personality anyway, is that I generally am more of a darker person in general, but I always, it, like, it always start dark, but I, always, I will always try my hardest to make it light, like something positive from this dark, whatever moment or thing. Yeah. So it's just how my mind is wired. It's always been like that. I don't know why. And rather than always going immediately to like positive, I would usually go to the negative a bit and be like, well, that fucking sucks. And then I'll bitch and whine yeah. about it or something. And then I'm like, but this did come out of it. And then I'll be like, positive, oh, good. Positive, yeah. Positive, positive. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's just how my mind works. And I, you know, I've tried changing it and it just never worked well. So then I realized like, you know what, it is okay to be this way. And that, and honestly, by accepting it, I have been way better of a person than not accepting what it is. Yes. So instead of fighting it constantly, I just rode with the wave. And that wave always ends up in a positive outlook. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that about myself within the past like decade. So it's worked for me. I mean, I, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work for everyone but for me yes. it works and we are happy that it worked for you so we have you still here with us jared it's okay to see the dark and to feel the darkness from time to time but it's also important as you said that you try to see that there's also positivity out there but still on your exactly. but still on your website you wrote traversing through life i have noticed that it is becoming increasingly difficult more difficult to be to be human. So this is a quote from February 2021. So what did you mean by that? And do you still feel that this is a case today? Absolutely. That will always be the case for everyone, right? The longer you live, the more experiences you get. They could be positive or negative. But no matter what, the longer you live, you're going to have those negative events mm -hmm. or those hard events. They could be positive hard events. It doesn't have to be a negative part of it. It could be a positive part of it. Like, What if you just wanted a kid, you know, and you just got pregnant? That's a positive, but a hard life-changing event. And what I'm saying is, is that the older you get, the harder it is just to remain human in that aspect, because you go through so many things mm -hmm. in turmoil or positive turmoil, by the way. And, you know, I still think that like, and, I, and the thing is too, is like, I could be biased, right? Like I've had a lot of terrible things happen to me in my life. <laughs> And I can laugh about it now and I'm okay with it. It's not like a bad thing. I'm not like, oh, woe is me. It's just the fact of the matter. Yeah. And then working in medical and seeing people at their lowest of their lowest selves, it makes you realize life is hard. Life is hard. Like, you know, I, I used to work at a cancer center for eight years in Oregon mm -hmm. and seeing people go through cancers and life changing diseases, it makes me feel so much older than what I am. <laughs> And I've always said that about myself because I've just been through so much. Even when I was 25, 27, I always said, oh, wow, I feel like I'm 40 years old mentally. And is that a bad thing? I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily terrible. I do think there's some cons to it. Don't get me wrong. But it just makes me realize and prioritize certain things a bit more and better and appreciate certain things a little bit better. Yeah. But at the same time, it can also take away from you, right? Because then you're like worrying about, I don't know, you just don't feel your age. And it's like, dude, be your age, you know, like go live your life, do this, do that. 
But then the old self of you is like, no, that's mm-hmm. so stupid. Don't do it. So it's like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, so it's a constant back and forth, the ebb and flow. And I don't mind it, but I'm just, I'm just telling you, like, you know, being that it just kind of ages you in certain ways. And yeah, that's just how I've been dealing with it. Yeah, being a human is difficult. And the way I see it, everyone has their shadows, their problems and fears. And yeah, not everyone is able to sh- show or share them. But if you approach every human being, knowing that everyone is going through life with similar worries, then life should be easier. But somehow it isn't, right? <laughs> I don't know why. Well, <laughs> that's why I, like, I always say be human, be kind. Because... Right. You don't know what someone's going through. I don't care. Like they could be an asshole, but that doesn't mean you need to be mean back to them, right? Because you don't know. What if their mom just died? <clears throat> what if their kid just died? Or what if they just lost their job and they don't have to pay their mortgage? Like you don't know. There, you can just be like, "I'm so sorry you feel that way. I hope you feel better. Like, are yeah. you okay? Do yeah. you need something?" Instead of reacting in a negative manner. But this is why, even on my website and so forth, it's like a way of be human, be kind, because I think people forget about other people mm-hmm. in this day and age. And it's like, you can't, you can't do that. And it's something that you absolutely have to learn actively. It's not inherently in, in us to, no. to be human, <laughs> to be kind. And you got to reflect this also every day and, and to teach it to, to others and to your kids. So this is, this is really important. And I absolutely um, agree a hundred percent to to this, and I'm trying it a little bit, even though my podcast it's... is called <laughs> End Torture. So <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a nice type of torture. <laughs> Shut up and take it. <laughs> so it's let's not, no, and it's true. Like you said, you have to actually work to be kind and positive. Me, I'm not naturally a happy person. Like I told you, I generally end up thinking negative first and then positive after. And it's been a process for me to yeah. do that and learn that, you know? But I'm glad I am. I dedicate that a lot to Tara, too. She always tell me, assume goodwill. Assume goodwill. And I'm like, shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit. And then she's like, <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it until you believe it. Yeah. Assume goodwill of your fellow human. Mm-hmm. And because I had a lot of bad things happen to me from other humans, right? And so I always thought mm, a bit more negative towards other humans. And she's like, that's not okay. That's not okay. So she challenged me in that way. And I'm forever thankful for her because it changed my outlook a lot. Um, after years of her saying it, I finally believed it. <laughs> yes, good. And so now I, you know, I go up to people and I assume goodwill before anything else. It's good to hear. And I would just add a little bit, uh, but be prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. So this is the thing. It's like, I learned that not everyone's going to be your cup of tea. Not everything you do is going to be positive. That's just the world, right? But that doesn't mean you stop. And it's like when you stop, it's like when you lose yourself. And that is not okay because then you start giving up yourself. And that's not who you are. I'm naturally a very nice person. And I'm a very caring person in general, very loyal. Yeah. And I started to lose that about myself because I never give people the chance. And when I broke that down, I became a happier 
me because that's who I am naturally at the core of myself. So again, you will get disappointed several times, <laughs> a lot of times in life, at least if you're me. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that alone. doesn't mean you stop. It doesn't yes. mean you stop. Yeah. You don't give up who that you need to be that light no matter what. Even if it gets dull down a bit, just suck it up and keep doing you and mm -hmm. be nice. Because I've been to that point where I did lose myself and lost my voice. And then I was an unhappier person. And that led to nothing good, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just keep trying, you can only end up in the positive if you just keep trying. So I, I don't know. I always try to pride myself in trying to assume goodwill now and try to be human and try to be kind. That's solid advice. Try. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm human, so it's not always working. <laughs> Speaking of losing yourself, many of your pieces are shot in the desert. So this is a place most people would associate with struggle and death. For them, deserts are barren, empty, and hot. What are they to you? Well, that's why I love it, is that it makes you appreciate life more. I... There's a certain energy you get from the desert in the Southwest than you do, say, in a forest or on the ocean. It's just a different, different type of energy that you cannot get elsewhere. Mm -hmm. For me, the desert is very malleable. I can showcase myself way more easily because there's nothing there. But then when there is something there, it's spectacular. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, I cannot believe I created <clears throat> this piece from this I don't know, like dirt path I just found. I just walked out in the middle of nowhere and I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe I just found this. Like, this is just in the desert. This will not be found anywhere else. No one else will find it. No one else will see this. Mm -hmm. And it, there's a mysterious quality about it. It's like with the colors as well, the colors are so soft and there's so many, but people think it's just dead and ugly and there's no life there. That is complete. It's a complete lie. If you actually sit there and you look and you spend time, you're going to find so many amazing things that no one else will see. And people will question you like, is this real? Did that really happen? Or, you know, like, how did you do that? Or how did you find that? And it's just like, I don't know. There's something about the desert that, and again, I am from New Mexico, by the way. So maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> just a you tiny know? bit. <laughs> But But it's true, though. Like, the other day, I was just driving home, and I was like, holy crap. I found a new location to shoot just by driving home from uh, the Balloon Fiesta. And I was just like, wow, I never realized this spot is so beautiful under these conditions. Like, I cannot wait to shoot this. Like, no one will ever see this. Like, because this is so simple, and it's just there. But it, a lot of people will just skip through it. And it, it is pretty desolate. But... There's so much beauty in, you know, desolate areas because you can make it malleable and you can form it into a way that you want it to be formed. Whereas if you're shooting a mountain, it's a mountain. I'm not saying it's ugly. I'm just saying it's a mountain. Like, what can I do creatively with this mountain? <laughs> There's not many things you could possibly do. Or a waterfall, right? It's a waterfall. There's falling water. It looks the same as that other falling water over there. <laughs> like, like, okay, keep beating on all the people who shoot <laughs> mountains and waterfalls. <laughs> no, keep it I coming. Mean, I have, I have friends. I have tons of friends who do it and love them. And I'm like, good for you. I'm Understand. glad you love it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, for me, for me, it's like 
I'll go there. I'll mm-hmm. shoot it. But I don't I don't expect anything creatively from it, right? Like there's a difference of like me being able to create something from a mountain and then there is to a desert scene or even like uh, ocean scene. Like I found ocean scenes pretty easy in comparison to like a forest or a mountain scene or a waterfall. Hmm. Like I have some amazing shots of these things and I just don't show them because I'm like, it is what it is. It is a mountain with beautiful light and fog and it's insane sunset, sunrise or Milky Way. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I have those, but those are not what I can like yeah. transform into something like what I do now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and if I could, and I, I thought of other ways how I can, but even then it doesn't, it doesn't hit the same spot as like what I do now with like a lot of my desert scapes. Like I found Iceland hard. I just went to Iceland. I found that place very difficult, even though it's desolate and barren, there's still, it's very difficult because there's just so many waterfalls and mountains, right? I still yeah. got some really cool shots from there, but I found it just too green, too gray, too green. So it's like, for me, it's like, it's hard to alter and, you know, make that something me because it's so too monotone color. It's ah, okay. like gray, green, okay. gray, green. <laughs> and also I learned that photographers hate green because it's such a bitch in post-processing. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't... I feel like green is one of those colors that are just like off putting. Like, cause it, 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 when you have it, it just takes so much of your eye. Like, and it's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I add green to my photos, which I have, it's like sometimes it's more subtle than it is like, boom, here's green. <laughs> because yeah. green is overpowering. Yeah, perhaps it's because it's the color of life and we are somehow wired to green and gravitate towards it a little bit more. But I understand what you mean with all the jokes about shooting, <laughs> shooting desert. So these, <laughs> these are ever changing, and and also you got to be patient and observant if you if you be there. If you just drive past, and okay, it's just freaking desert. So whatever. But if you're there, and <laughs> that's actually, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just freaking desert. Yes. But if you go there at different mm. times, or like a storm's coming in or the moon is rising, the sun is rising with a lot of haze, you know, the, everything can change so dramatically if you pay attention. Yeah. Otherwise you just drive by and like, that's just freaking dirt. <laughs> <laughs> This shows that you're actually a painter at heart because what you said before about painters revisiting the sceneries at different times, at different seasons, time and time again, and uh, gets so many different paintings out of the same scenery it's this true is, is like did. death valley mm-hmm. i shoot at death valley all the time i mean i've been there i don't know how many times now but every single time i go i always get things because again how everything changes sand changes mm-hmm. the what the sun rising at certain times changes i make sure i go at different times to experience it again but in a new way and so, i feel like that's the, what the desert is yeah speaking of death Well, like, how do you prepare and stay alive shooting in the desert? Water. <laughs> okay. Gonna write this down. <laughs> water. I think a lot of water. <laughs> the sunscreen so you don't burn to death. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, of course. Realistically, electrolytes. I do electrolyte powder, especially if I'm hiking in like a hotter temperature. Electrolyte, water, sunscreen. I usually use like a cotton long sleeve to protect to protect my arms as well. Um, 
And if there is any shade at some point, get under it. Yeah. <laughs> this is, and like, don't be dumb about it. Like this thing is like, I shoot in the desert a lot, but you'll never catch me outside in the summer. Like, going out there like i'm not doing that like that's that's stupid because like you're gonna dehydrate quickly especially if you have no service or anything if you need help like mm -mm. so yeah <laughs> so for that's me it's it. like fall winter spring and early spring because some places in late spring are just too hot too but i avoid summers at all cost gotcha how do you protect your camera i guess uh when the when it's sandy desert and the sand creeps into almost everything your gear i feel like it's just gonna get in it no matter what i do <laughs> so i just i, I just shoot <laughs> so i'm like whatever like i'm just gonna clean it after <laughs> so I, i'm probably not the best person to ask okay because i'm very nonchalant about no. things i'm just like dude it's gonna happen like i don't it don't matter what i do like of course there's a filter and all that but like i'm sure if other photographers saw me do what I do. They probably would be like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm going to clean it. <laughs> <laughs> so don't trust me. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> so, and it doesn't matter if your lens is a bit crunchy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it has a little, when you yeah. move the, you know, the focus, then it yeah. is what it is. <laughs> yeah, then it's just a small tear running down your cheek when you hear the sound every time. <laughs> So, let me, I have insurance. <laughs> poor insurance, poor insurance. They sure love you. <laughs> how does your how does your time management uh, look like, by the way? So, uh, I mean, you're you're working full time, and I can imagine that location scouting, preparing, shooting, post processing, and hanging out on Web three takes a lot of time. Not to mention doing podcast interviews. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's a process so i am very fortunate very fortunate in the sense that my job in the medical field i can work three days a week wow. so i do three twelves essentially and so then i have four days off mm -hmm. so it's i'm not gonna lie it has been such a struggle for the past like three years because you know i started getting to the web three i did a lot of web two stuff before mm -hmm. um but now i'm doing like web two web three as well and then my job so it's like three things and uh it's been that i don't even know how to sometimes i do it like like looking back from the first two years in nfts i have no fucking clue <laughs> how i managed all of that just by the way no I, memory. I have no <laughs> yeah i have no freaking clue how i have done it and i know like other people have had how to work that hard as well but i'm saying for me personally that was a lot um so for time management you know like i set aside i used to i haven't done i haven't been that great this year i've been more having fun and traveling and shooting and making art than like being super like <laughs> super scheduled like i usually am yeah. but i needed a break um but usually on my old schedule it's like one i would create a day once a month to apply to a lot of web two things like mm -hmm. or magazines galleries 
contest, whatever I could do, I would do and apply. Even if it didn't really make sense, I'm like, fuck it, I'll just try it. <laughs> I'm like, I want to apply. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. And it has worked sometimes where I'm like, oh, wow, I'm surprised that worked because I'm like, my stuff I entered had nothing to do with the subject matter, but they liked it enough yeah. to like include it somewhere else at a different time, right? So that would be one thing I would do every month is like I'd research all these things I need to apply to. Then one day I would sit there and apply, 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 apply over and over and over. Then like one day I'm like, okay, this this day I'm planning all my social media posts and whatever. And I'll do all the social media crap. And then it'll be work, you know, like my hospital job. And then I would deal with the social media at my hospital job as well. So, which is, 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 it's a hard balance. <laughs> and then, you know, then you still have that in the web three. The web three was all week. So it was just, it was brutal. So for time management, I have no clue what to tell people because I struggle with it. And, uh, but I like, I, you know, the thing is like, I loved it. And now this year though, I'm taking a break and taking steps back just to kind of like, okay, I'm going to go enjoy life a bit more. I'm going to love what I'm hanging out with family. I'm going to go game more. I'm going to go bake cinnamon rolls. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll still still apply to things and do my things. (laughs) But but I'm going to do what I want to do this year. It's about me and that is it. (laughs) I love my art career when I've created from it. I you know, and in some sense, I there's been times where I'm like, man, I should just drop the hospital job. I should just drop it. But then I'm also like, I don't feel like being a contract worker, which is an artist. Or that's an artist's life. You know, so you're a contract worker. You don't know when you're going to get your next sale. Or you don't know when you're going to, like, get into a gallery or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I, I've seen friends who do it for a living, and I'm just like, damn, that's not my life. <laughs> <laughs> like i mean like full on that is their job only and i'm like i mad respect to y'all mad respect i just me life is short i i can't spend my whole time working like i'm not doing that because life is short things happen so quickly to people uh and i just want to enjoy my life as much as possible yeah that's good i mean you have a three days a week job so you have some some time off for yourself and and, but I, I like what you, you said, that you're setting apart one day, or you were setting apart one day uh, per month for Web2 and applying for everything, even though the, the topics <laughs> might not be fit. It's like, uh, was it, I don't know, Wayne Gretzky who said, like, you you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So I like this, this exactly. attitude. That, that's my point. So yeah. I just apply, I'm telling you, I, I apply to some stupid shit that I'm like... <laughs> I just saw it and I was like, whatever. And they're yeah. like, hey, it made no sense. But but then my thinking was this. It doesn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stand out. <laughs> <laughs> and whether it be a good or a bad way, like this guy's an idiot, but I really like his work. Or you know, I don't know. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, I think about it in that sense. I'm like, good. Now they, I will really stand out because yes. no one applied because because <laughs> they did not. They said do not apply if ABC. But I'm like I'm gonna do it. Right. <laughs> hey, it's Jared again, folks. It's Jared again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like I'm sure I wasted so much time doing that, but it has gotten me ahead in some ways. Yeah. So like, you can hate it. You can. You don't have to do it, but it has gotten me some 
things that have happened for me. So <laughs> is it a good way to spend your time? I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I think but, it is. but, you know, it's helped sometimes. So I can't say it didn't. All right. If I understand it correctly, many of your photos are composites. So that means you merge together several photos into one. So how do you how do you approach this try and error? Or do you have a clear vision in mind how the piece will look like in the end? So I don't do all composites. I do some, obviously. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them, like for all the abstract stuff, it's not. It's just that is the landscape and how I colored it. Wow. So like Bloom, the one you bought, like that's just a single exposure shot. Um, no way. There's a, Yeah, <laughs> a single exposure. Yeah. That's one photograph. And this is what people don't realize is like, they're like, <laughs> it's funny because a lot of my abstract stuff is actually not composite whatsoever. <laughs> and there's, those are the ones that I question the most. And I'm like, no, this is a single exposure shot. I just know how to paint color to make it look very odd and like it looks like i put i like took a triangle here i took a square there i took this there there mm -hmm. and not saying i don't do that on some of the photographs but i'm just saying there's quite a few that are not composites whatsoever wow and there's a lot of planning with like my moon shots there's a lot of planning um i use photo pills and whatever and i i map it all out when i'm there i'm like okay on this day The sunset's going to be at this time and at 6 p.m. and the moon's going to rise right here. So I know to be here at 5.30, get ready, shoot it. Um, or the sun, um, that too, you know, because like in the Southwest, you have a lot of hazy skies. So the sun turns to a beautiful orb. Um, but yeah, so like some of the composites, there are some, quite a few, but okay. there's also quite a few. I try to do this, like I try to do like 50-50, if not one single exposure more than I would do composite more just to mix it up to confuse people. And so they question everything. <laughs> and I want that. And that's the thing is like, I want you to question everything. Okay. And I want you to be like, Oh shit. Like did so, that happen or did that not happen? Like, <laughs> I would like to withdraw my question, your honor. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about those photo pills that you're taking. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that app is a, Like I use it all the time. Props to PhotoPills people for making it because that is like my go-to app for sun and moon photographs at all times. <laughs> Even yeah. the eclipse. I just shot the eclipse. Like I used it for the eclipse, you know, like that was cool. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I've never used it before, but I'm going to look into it. You should. It, could it have like a AR mode? So you basically point at the landscape and you just swipe left or right and you can see the moon, the Milky Way and the sun and it'll show you where it goes across the uh, sky and at the times. So then you're yes. just like, oh shit, like this lines up here. That's so cool. <laughs> you know, or, this doesn't. That was a waste of my time. That's just, great. <laughs> just just got to wait for three until 3 a.m. for it to show up. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, oh, I'm not uh, doing that. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Is there a piece that you uh, have created that holds a special meaning or that has a backstory that you would like to share? Every piece I have I've minted that always has a story behind it. But I would like to say um, my shot I created last year was Misfit, super rare. Yes. And 
that piece for me is a very warm, happy piece. So um, it's okay if I just read uh, read what I said about it. Mm -hmm. Born to misfit with my colorful array, puzzle pieces are a mind shape in total disarray. Balance with my circular soul to help light my way to be born to misfit in the most fitting way. So for me, I've always been a misfit at heart. Like I'm always like, I don't know, even since I was a kid, I was more of a, I was an introverted kid. Like I'd rather hang out with adults than kids because I found kids really annoying. <laughs> too loud, <laughs> too much. <laughs> I was very selective of my friends that had around me. <laughs> and I always liked weird shit, you know, even when I was little, like, I loved Edward Scissorhands growing up. I loved um, Tim Burton things. I loved yeah. those darker, weirder movies. And that's just always been my personality in that sense. And so for this piece, it's very warm. And it's more of acceptance of who I am as a person of being a misfit. So you look at all these shapes in this photograph. And they're all kind of irregular shapes, right? If you look at it as a whole, if you break down the shapes, but they're not perfect triangles. They're not perfect rectangles. They're not perfect mm -hmm. um, anything. But but you put them all together, it fits insanely well. So the sun in this represents like me and like I need to follow to the core of who I am. Yeah. And so the core of who I am is a misfit and I need to be happy and proud of who I am. So that is why like for this photograph, I actually used two songs or two songs to create this photograph in terms of color. Um, and it is by Florence and the Machine. I use, so I went last year and I got to see her live with Ethel Kane and Denver Oh my God, I lost my shit. <laughs> I was in the front row <laughs> dancing my ass off. <laughs> front row, Jared is a front row guy, folks. <laughs> I, I'm very much a front, yes. I, I awesome. am a front row person when I love go to concerts. I, I want to lose my shit. <laughs> and so, I don't care. <laughs> and so, I chose, like, I listened to her sing and I chose two songs that had the most impact on me during that concert during dance fever and so the left side is morning elvis on the album of dance fever and the right side is oh god what is it let me get it i'll get it in a second by the way the morning elvis is a nice cold color song very blue mm -hmm. very dull not too harsh of colors and i loved 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 that where the other song is more harsher color in your face, but really warm, really super warm and happy. Um, and for me, I wanted to represent both those things because that's what a misfit is. It's kind of cold, but it's also really warm when you get to accept it. Yeah. And so I wanted to represent that because I thought that was like super important to be accepting of who I am. And the other song, by the way, was Free by Florence and the Machine, which is a very dancey, happy song uh, talking about anxiety <laughs> and like letting go of it and letting yeah. it not control you. So I wanted those to counterbalance each other and create this final image. Yeah. If we wouldn't be slapped with a DMCA, I would absolutely play one of those songs right now. <laughs> <but you> can't. <laughs> 
Yeah, that uh, was an amazing concert. God, and Methyl King uh, was so amazing. I was so happy that I, I'm so glad I went. Yeah, I so much love this piece, and we already talked about it a couple of months ago when you released it. So we're going to put it in the show notes for people to see. And it somehow emanates so much energy, but it also reflects the journey that you just described from the darkness into the light. That's the point. It's a negative to a positive. Mm -hmm. And I, again, like I told you, I try to think... I always think negatively, <laughs> yeah. but then I will do my damnest to make it a positive event at the end. Yeah. And this is what that piece is. Honestly, this is probably one of my favorite pieces I've had made in a while. Bloom was another, and then this one in particular. Mm -hmm. It just means, a, it, it, honestly, this piece means the most to me, I think, in the past year. Just because, again, it's about acceptance of who I yes. am and being happy about it. And showcasing all the shapes I have of synesthesia. Like, it's very abstract with a lot of different shapes and having it all work and make one cohesive rectangle. If you look at the whole image as a whole, it doesn't matter what shapes are inside of you <clears throat> as long as it comes out as a whole. <laughs> and, like, yes. that is, like, the beauty of it, you know? <laughs> and there, the sun has a very... Uh, it's a fixed point in this uh, in this painting. In, uh, and it is in several of your pieces, I would say. So... Did you just position it there for aesthetics or did you have any thoughts behind positioning the sun there? For the sun position, it, it was actually higher in the sky before because I missed it um, and I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely fucking livid, <laughs> just by the way. And I was like, God damn it. Oh, Are man. you serious right now? Because I just, I was hiking out there and I was like, I, I was going to the spot because I already set it out before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I have to be there at this time. But my, I got my ass kicked on the dunes. <laughs> and that, I was just so tired at that point. Oh, boy. I was so bummed. So one, one, it is for aesthetics. Two, it's just to represent the heart of me, which is my soul. And it's the sun. And what I love about this sun that I caught is that the closer the sun is to a horizon, the mm -hmm. more wavy and weird, mm -hmm. oddly shaped it gets. So it's not a perfect circle half the time. It, uh, it has like a weird kind of warped look. And I yeah. love that. Love it. Love it. And so I photographed it in that sense and put it back into that spot where it's supposed to be. Because I loved how wavy and not pure the circle was. Because that is me. I'm not pure. I'm not I'm not perfect. Yeah. I'm very kind of odd <laughs> circular shape. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this explanation. Yes. We are now entering slowly tortured territory here, Jared. <laughs> you know that, or you may know that I asked your friend Tara Workman this question when she was on my podcast. Oh, yeah. So what do you say to the rumors that the two of you are actually the same person? Have the two of you ever been seen in the same room at the same time? <laughs> I take that as a no. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. funny though like we we shoot a lot together we did shoot a lot this year not as much which is fine but in the past we shot all the time together we are we are we are a great team of uh, like we photographed similarly um i let her do her thing if she sees something and she's like shot the car I and mean, she'll run out for like 40 minutes to an hour i'm like okay like i'll let her go do that because <laughs> she'll do the same thing for me and yeah. i don't care That's the beauty of it. Like, there's no 
like, hurry up, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's like, no, 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 no. You go do your thing, you found something, go do your thing. Yeah. Because we have that mutual respect. We also have the mutual respect of shooting together. Like, it's fun because, like, we'll go back after we shoot and, like, oh, my God, what did you get? And it's not like, I'm going to copy you. What did you get? It's more <laughs> of, like, we're, like, showing each other what we yeah. created. Yeah. And we're, I'm like, holy shit, my mind is blown. I love that piece by you. Oh, my God, I can't wait to edit it. And vice versa, she'll do the same thing. And we just talk about it like, well, this is what I was thinking. Well, this is what she was thinking, you know? Mm. And it's great. It's a good, good time. It's a good four or five days, solid shooting. Tiring, exhausting time, but it is awesome because we always create something great at the end. I like that. Lucky to have her. Yes, she's, she's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, we're, too, we're definitely the same person. <laughs> she doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you. And I heard that after one year of gym training that you are ripped now. And I can absolutely yeah. confirm this. So, which is pretty unusual for a Web3 Degen, to be honest. Why did you start weightlifting? Did your arms start shaking when you were holding those heavy 70 to 200 lenses? No, they started shaking up the 200 to 500 range. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, I am not that rich at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a little squishy, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I started weightlifting this year, actually. Again, it's like, this is, this year is about me and just me. Like, if that means I would take a step back in some ways from the art world, Web 2, Web 3 world, just a little bit, I've, got, yeah. I, I've been doing it. Yeah. And it's just because I want to get myself back on track. And because I spent so much time doing these things mm -hmm. that I forgot about me. Mm -hmm. And one of the main reasons, believe it or not, <laughs> I started to work out is because that fucking said 200 to 500 lens. <laughs> I don't use really? tripod, people. <laughs> I do not use tripod. I do not. I do not. I do not. I hate them. I do not like them. I'll use it when I absolutely have to. You'll see me running around with a 200, 500, and I'll be holding still doing, you know, I'm doing my yoga poses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my light breathing techniques. <laughs> I will be shooting without a tripod. <laughs> All right. Now we really want to see one of those behind the scenes shots, definitely with you holding, <laughs> holding the camera in the yoga shot. So, but folks, uh, he's just being modest. He's absolutely ripped. So uh, don't, don't believe what he says. <laughs> So one more thing. Me blush. Uh, one more thing. Um, <laughs> spelling bee. Spell Albuquerque on three. One, two, oh, three. Oh God. Whoa. <laughs> A L B Q U. No, A L B U Q U E R Q U E. I think you got this. Did... Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I was like shit. <laughs> I'm amazed. On the spot, I was like. On the spot, I, was like, oh, uh, God, I have it in front of me, but I wouldn't even be able to spell it <laughs> when I was reading it. <laughs> gotcha. Love it. Okay, this is great. Okay, apart from exceptional spelling skills, <laughs> what is a skill that everyone should have, Jared? Cooking. Everyone should know how to cook really well and enjoy food. I love cooking. I love baking. I am a really good cook, just FYI. And wow. I, I'll spend hours cooking for one meal. I don't care. I think everyone should have that skill to enjoy food and actually know what good food is compared to bad food. Mm -hmm. and I, I know that sounds so stupid to me or whatever, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like it opens up so many things and you just appreciate 
flavor more and food and the artistry of chefs. And I think they're under respected. Like when you go to a good restaurant, I'm like, I, I finally, I just don't think they're as respected as they should be. Because it's amazing to me. Oh. Okay, folks, this is going to be a three-hour podcast today because now we're <laughs> going to segue into cooking. Uh, what's your favorite meal? <laughs> what's your favorite meal to cook? You know, I'm from New Mexico, and I I'm proud of it. I'm Spanish and American. And I would have to say carne adobada. It's a red chili, pork red chili. And, like, I make really good red chili. And it's not like chili, like Tex-Mex chili mm -hmm. at all. Nothing like that. Um, it's easily my favorite, I think, because it's just so homey. And it honestly, it takes me like all day to make all this stuff. Like when I do a New Mexican meal, yeah. but it slaps. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perhaps you could provide us with some recipes of yours. Or are there some yeah, YouTube you... videos of Gerard the cook somewhere to be found? <laughs> Dude, oh, I, 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 I love cooking. Oh, I do. Right. I, I, I like getting a drink and cooking and I'll turn on some music and I will be fine. Like, you don't have to talk to me. You can leave me alone. I'm good. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. What, do, what is one thing that you wish you knew when you started in digital art? Oh. That's, you know, <laughs> I just wish I knew more about crypto as a whole before mm -hmm going into like digital art and nft3 space or nft space excuse me web three yeah um i also wish i knew how to dial it back um way back when in the beginning when it was like super you know everything was like so up and coming so new i do wish um i did certain things differently and some of those things were would be don't agree to everything <laughs> Um, <laughs> you to say no. Don't yeah. FOMO into everything. You yeah. Know? Don't FOMO. I don't. You know, it's like it's hard because this space can be such a mind fuck. You know, like you're like seeing artists being successful here and there, or then they're yeah. selling some random NFT project that they made money on, and so it creates such a toxic mind space if you're not careful with it and you're not monitoring it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna lie, like I lost my shit a couple times because of the space. <laughs> we all, we <laughs> all did, buddy. We all, we all did. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like we need to do better as a space and as people in this space. We need to do better. This is not. That was not okay. Like the first tiers of empty space, asking everyone to be twenty four seven, being gone, having this awful FOMO. People rubbing in mm -hmm. each other's faces, like, oh, I sold this, blah, blah, blah. you know, just all that stuff. Yeah. That is toxic, 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 toxic. That's the stuff that needs to go in this upcoming bull run. I hope mm -hmm. it never repeats itself like that. Yeah. Um, because it's not mentally okay for people. Like, I don't care what anyone says, it's not okay. No. Um, and that's just, that's just my bias, but I've seen it and I'm like, it's just not that important in life, right? There's so many more important things to focus on, but that's what it boiled down to at the end of the bull run of last, you know, this last bull run. I just felt like, wow, I have to recover from this. And so mm -hmm. that is this year is me recovering because I spent so much hard time going through this space. And when it first came out, you know, like, well, not first came out, excuse me, but like when it started to pop off yeah. um, in 2021, early 2021, I was just there constantly on. 
<clears throat> until this year. Um, I just hope we can do better this upcoming time. That's all. I want everyone to be happier. I want everyone to do be less toxic and make less mistakes. It's going to happen regardless of what I say, what I preach. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> but I want people to be more aware. That is it. Just be aware. Just be aware. That's some and advice. Yeah, and everyone was on fire in 2021 and they burned through their fuel. And yeah, now we are left with mm -hmm. the ashes a little bit. But perhaps let's see who's rising out of the ashes. And I very much hope so. It's going to be you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I, you know, like me, I'm, I, I'm gonna keep creating art, and yes. I, I've done art way before Web three. You know, like it doesn't stop me. I'm still gonna do my. That's thing. right. That's right. So, <laughs> okay, whatever. If you could collaborate with any artist, living or dead, who would it be and why? How about one living and one dead? Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> A dead one would be George O'Keefe in a heartbeat. Oh my God, I'd love to work with her, do something with her. That would be amazing. And I think alive, I think it would be tricky, but I think it would be a lot of fun and a good process would be Ruben Wu because of his lighting techniques. And I can see how like my synesthesia could come into play with everything of that sort. Mm -hmm. um, if we thought about it correctly and making it really pretty. And telling a story about it but those would be the two i think oh yeah and you know what somehow pair with a musician like florence and the machine like florence that would be sick <laughs> i don't know what that means <laughs> i don't know how you do it i would try i would definitely try <laughs> okay i'm keeping my fingers crossed for rumbu and yeah florence <laughs> and the machine perhaps in the future <laughs> that won't work <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay okay <laughs> So if you could tell your 2020 self something, what would that be? Jeez. Mm. 2020 was rough. I know it was rough for everyone too. Like, damn, that was a hard ass year for the world. And I worked in medical during the pandemic and it got bad. But I can tell my 2020 self something. You know, that, that's hard because it's just so freaking hard of a year. You know, I lost a couple of people that year and I mm -hmm. couldn't say goodbye really necessarily to them because it was COVID times. Working in COVID, not knowing what, how the virus worked was so fucking stressful. And I would say you need to disconnect during that time. Disconnect from the world. Stop looking at news. Stop looking at what Trump's doing. Stop looking at what COVID's doing necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like just disconnect and just be <laughs> yeah. and just go more with the flow. I fought it a lot, uh, I feel, in 2020. And that made it, I think, way harder for myself. But I'll say creatively, I really exploded creatively during that year, <laughs> yeah. which is a positive. <laughs> so without me, without me, being as hard and weird and mentally fucked during that year, I wouldn't have been as creative, right? So I'll have to say I had some of my favorite pieces from that year because of all that. So I, I yeah. don't, I have no regrets about how I was and how I acted or how things affected me. But I do wish I could have just told myself like, disconnect, just disconnect, stop, stop looking at the news so yes. much. Yeah. Start focusing on your dog more, cooking more, painting, like. If I could have done that, I'd have been a little bit happier during that time. 
Yeah, but this is also perhaps good advice for moving forward if something would something like that would happen again. And I absolutely agree. Uh, looking back at how, how the news looked like uh, back in 2020, it was just horrible. And it was just mm -hmm. feeding feeding us it fear. It just feeds. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah and that's, that's right. my point. The media was awful during that time, and Trump was awful, and all these other things. And I think Black Lives Matter happened during that time. And mm -hmm. it was... I worked, I was at the hospital that I was, that was just, it was just really shitty during my time working in the hospital. It was just like a mountain of stuff. I just wish I could have cut off some of those negative parts a bit more. And then I would have been more content, like I said, yes. but no regrets. I, I'm, you know, I learned, I grew, I had awesome art pieces come from it. I grew as a person. I'm not opposed to what I've done. And it's all part of the process, and there was some good coming out of the dark. So, exactly. Yeah. So I I can't like rag on it too hard because mm -hmm. positive things did happen from it, you know. And I'm an introvert at heart. The whole like being away from people thing didn't really bug me. <laughs> like some people really struggled. I did not imagine that at all. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, this is so nice. It's so quiet. <laughs> oh, cool. I time. don't have to make a big decision and go <laughs> <Good>. out. <laughs> and looking, like, oh, this is great. <laughs> looking forward to 2025, if you could tell your 2025 self something, and actually you can right now. Uh, what would that be? Just, uh, huh. <laughs> I would think value the small moments more. All right. Appreciate the sun. Appreciate your dog. Appreciate your partner. Appreciate good food. Appreciate laughing with other people. Uh, appreciate the dark oh. moments as well. My dog. And, and your dog. <laughs> and you heard him bark. Your dog knew <laughs> You called it up. <laughs> He's just barking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Saying hello to people here. Hi. What's his name? Riley. His name's Riley. Riley. He's a golden retriever. Oh. Yeah, he's a good dog. <laughs> Love dogs. I do too. <laughs> so do you have a recommendation for an artist? It doesn't have to be a Web3 artist. could be any in-real-life artist, also living or dead. I mean, George O'Keefe, you mm -hmm. already mentioned. I've always loved Richard Abaddon, the photographer. He's always been kind of an inspiration. He's kind of like his black and whites are just so good at portraits. His portrait work is so amazing to me. I would recommend him. He has nothing to do with color, really, <laughs> or shape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but his uh, portrait work is just so amazing to me. You know, it has been since I learned about him in high school. I was just like, damn, this guy is, is brilliant. All right. So do you have a recommendation of who on Twitter we should follow? Well, you guys all know Tara Workman. I always give her her props because she's amazing. And she's grown so much since we've known each other the past eight years, almost nine years, I think now. Mm -hmm. And it's been amazing watching her grow as well as myself with her. It's just, it's really, really, really lucky and fortunate to have her part of my journey as an artist. I would also say TJ Thorne. I think he's very underrepresented in the space, the way he views landscapes and water. It's just beautiful. Not many people can replicate it. I think it's very him. 
he's also a really good speaker and he's super charismatic and he's funny as hell <clears throat> if you let him talk <laughs> <laughs> he's so he's stupid in a good way <laughs> all right um yeah i you know i really appreciate him a, a lot um you know everyone knows ruben Liu. he's one of my favorite photographers mm -hmm. straight up um who else? There's so many people out there. It's hard to name because there's just so many great artists in this space, especially right now, since it's such a smaller space, it's easier to see these people mm -hmm. and it's hard to pick from all of them. I, you know, like I love George, the animal photographer, you know, George, <laughs> you got to meet him. He's amazing. He Neil. Is. Yeah. Um, Neil's a great photographer as well. Kath Simmer, and he, she's really awesome. Uh, you know, just they're great. Joelle, she's a great photographer. She's done a lot of minimalistic things recently, you know, the past year, and she keeps branching out to other art genres yes. like AI now. And um, she's trying to do some other things I can't say. And it's just, it's awesome watching her because she's always changing her things up. Like she's always changing it up. And I, it's so fascinating to me because like, I'm very like, I do photography. I might dabble in painting here shortly. And I like, it takes me a long time to just like yeah. jump into something new where she just goes, go, 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 go. And I'm like, damn girl. That's in, it's inspiring. How do you do, how do, you know, do honestly, it? Honestly, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. But she does it. I'm like, damn, that's inspiring. I wish I could just yeah. jump as fast as she can jump. But she just jumps, and it's awesome to watch. Yeah, but it's not for everyone. One, one should no. stick to their guns. <laughs> no, yeah, and that's the thing. Is like, but she doesn't care. She's like, I'm yeah. gonna do it. <laughs> like that's, that's what's cool. so awesome. That's cool. Who, who should I invite to the show? Perhaps as one of my next guests. Who would you like to see? Or here, have rather. you had TJ? Have you had TJ up here yet? TJ Thorne? TJ Thorne? No, not yet. I think he, honestly, I think you should do him next. And the reason being is he, his words speak like says a lot, but when you hear him speak about the work as well and what he's gone through, it takes a whole new level of meaning. And I oh. think just after knowing him for this many years now, um, he's still an insanely talented photographer. And he's only getting better. And again, oh, well, when you get to talk to him, you hear him speak and everything, you're just like, damn, you're kind of like in trance. Like, he's too charismatic. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but I hate him with a lot of love. <laughs> I think you should have him. <laughs> just going to start recording and then uh, yield the mic to him and for come back after two hours. Okay. Yes. Okay. This sounds good. All right. So thank you very much, Jared, for being here and doing this today with me. I really, really enjoyed it. I hope you all enjoyed it too. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks for having me. And it was a good time, buddy. Hope to see you soon. Bye.